Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So this week, uh, Liz Cheney, daughter of... Oh, God, of... not Liz Cheney! <laughs> yeah. Daughter of Dick and... What's her name? Uh, Lynn. 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 I Lynn. know that. Daughter of... The uh, writer, Dick historian, Lynn. Liz Cheney. Lynn Cheney. <laughs> Lynn Cheney, right. <laughs> right. Of Wyoming. Uh, she backtracked on her stance on gay marriage, which was pretty famously um, anti uh, for a long That's time. Right. Despite the fact that her um, sister Mary, daughter of Dick and Lynn, of course, um, got married in 2012. Uh, even, oh, she's actually been with her partner since 1992, but she got yeah. married in 2012. Um, and uh, her sister Liz uh, did not support it at the time. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, I think it's worth noting real quick yeah. that like Dick Cheney, while of course he was a part of the Bush administration that made this a banning gay, gay marriage, a central part of their platform. Yeah. He was still everyone knows he was very famously like minced his words on the topic during right. the debate. Oh, he didn't even mince his words. He yeah. during one of the I think during the first debate, he came out and said he supported it. And he also acknowledged, I mean, I don't want to right. stand up for Dick Cheney, but he right. also acknowledged that he knows he's separate from the rest of his party, but that this is just a a line he can't cross that he supports his daughter. He supports her daughter's right. decision. That's what it was. And the moment he was out of office, I remember he gave an interview, I think where he said he supported gay marriage. So not yeah. to, I obviously we're not trying to give undue credit to a guy who, you know, abuse <laughs> abused us to, to further his, uh, yeah. his, his reelection, but, but still was at least like tolerant of the Republican party then abusing queer people in a way right, that was right, really right. kind of gross. Right. Even uh, though, I mean, there, it was a, under Bush, it was a, you know, deeply homophobic time fighting for gay marriage I, and fighting for acceptance. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, Don't you miss I, those days? Gave us I something miss to talk about. So you know what I mean? badly. I remain, convinced, I remain convinced that Condoleezza Rice is a lesbian. Can we please? No, she's not a lesbian. She's just address. married to her career. <laughs> it's, it's not that it's not that she's single. That's that. I, I, I don't think she's a lesbian. I don't think she's, she's single like either. Single. She's like Oprah. She probably has a Stedman. Oh, I'm just saying, yeah, maybe women maybe. like that. You know what I mean? They they are above needing that marriage license. They don't need it. Oh she got a God. she got degree after degree. That's her marriage. Is Elena license. Kagan married or no? No, she is not. She no. is also married to her work. Thank you, <laughs> Sonia Sotomayor. Is also, also married single. to her work, oh. but she shops at Costco. Remember when she ran into Hillary Clinton at that Costco? <laughs> That's right. That was a great moment in history. No. I actually, um, this is wait. Can I say one Please. quick aside that's going to bore everyone? Uh, I'm already veering into the Supreme Court topics. So everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh boy, gotta reel them back." But I, I, I listened to an argument. I, I, 
everyone knows I, my friends know that I listen to the Supreme Court arguments when I'm at the gym. I just mm-hmm. think it's kind of fun <laughs> background noise. And uh, Sonia Sotomayor, uh, uh, one time in particular, but it's come up before, actually talks about being single and going on dates, like in hypotheticals. Sometimes oh, wow. there was one time in particular, she talked about meeting, like, she's like, I go on dates, I meet men, some of them lie and some of them don't. <laughs> and you were like, she, whatever she said, I forget exactly how she said it, but it was like the most normal experience you could imagine someone having dating. You know, you meet a lot of duds and you meet some yeah. gems here and there. And then you were like, she's a Supreme Court justice. And she's t- maybe, I don't know, maybe she's on hinge, you know? <laughs> you know, the best text I got last week is Ellie or Brent and I often text about the Supreme Court. And one of the best texts I got last week was a reminder that uh, Associate Justice Elena Kagan is perhaps the best Supreme Court justice on YouTube ever <laughs> for her video of her confirmation. It was around the, the holidays, the Christmas holidays. And they asked what she was doing for the holidays. And she replied, what any good Jew is doing, going to a Chinese restaurant, which yeah. I it's to this day. It is my it's my therapy yeah. to watch Big that laugh. YouTube video. It's so Big good. Laugh. She's yeah. the best. She is the She's best. Pretty great. She looks so her. much more. The more and more I see um, Amy Klobuchar. Mm. just around i guess the more yeah. i think she looks like sure. elena kagan but maybe Ele- it's just no elena kagan is so much cooler than amy klobuchar by, yeah. by i mean elena kagan probably knows but, what uh, like elliot sees K-pop amy is. klobuchar around yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the view a bunch yeah. she was on the view oh, once last right. week and she kept talking and joy kept being like we have to go to break we have to go to break and amy just kept filibustering her kept filibustering her. i think I'm it's sorry. the delay i don't know i'm not a, i'm i'm not necessarily a fan of amy klobuchar but i like her but i don't love her yeah you know, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. all right, sorry, Elliot. No, Liz yeah, James, no, Liz James. To, but just, Liz. just saying, yeah, yeah, just yeah. to say that she backtracked <clears throat> after. Um, well, Liz, it's sorry, bad. Liz did attend the wedding, yeah. um, and at the time told the brides how happy she was for them. So they got married in 2012. Um, she made a failed run for the Senate in 2013. Yes. Um, and I and but in so now she has said that uh, she is she made a mistake. She was mm-hmm. wrong. She said, quote, I love my sister very much. I love her family very much. I was wrong. It's a very personal issue and very personal for my family. We need to work against discrimination of all kind. Freedom means freedom for everybody. But in February, she <laughs> voted against um, the passing of the Equality Act. Let me um, tell you why she's a piece of shit. So she, I mean, whatever. I like that she, you know, is bold enough up against to, Trump. Trump, whatever. Yeah. We want to applaud her endlessly for yes, that. Yes. But at the same time, she had a voting record that matched the Trump's uh, agenda like 90 some percent of the time. Yeah. So kind of fuck you, lady. But also the, the Cheneys are perfect at PR in that they tried to even sell us a war that we didn't deserve. Dick Cheney is the master PR person who goes out there and he sells this shit and he has his little minions and he was even able to get Colin Powell to go in a different direction. Like the Cheneys are actually fucking evil people. And I, with Liz Cheney, sure, great. You stood up to Trump, applaud you, yay for you. You did something that Nancy Pelosi liked to do and she put you on a panel for the January 6th thing. But like now it just feels like she's doing more of that to try to prep for something bigger. You know what I mean? Like this, what she's doing now feels like she's planning for something in the future, less than an actual move because it means nothing. All she's saying is, yeah, I decided I'm not going to be a public dick to my sister and I'm actually going to say she's okay and I support gay marriage now, but I'm still not going to vote for your rights. So do you think it's fully hypocritical? I think it's incredibly hypocritical. I think she's an idiot and I think she should be voted out of office. What do you think, Brent? Uh... I mean, I mean, I, you know, 
I mean, insofar as I am, if I am to believe what she's saying, that if I choose to believe that she didn't support it for like, <laughs> despite going to her sister's uh, wedding, I, I guess I just don't buy it. I don't buy it from the beginning. Yeah. Um, and so I it guess politics that, from the beginning is politics, politics now. And it's very disingenuous. But uh, I, I do think it's an interesting move because Wyoming is so conservative and she already has, you know, Trump on her heels trying to oust her in the primary and for the upcoming midterm. So it's interesting that she would choose in such a conservative state to take a stand like this. And but it's also a state that goes both ways. It's not necessarily as conservative as we think, because it yeah, it's does not like Bible like conservative person. It has yeah. a purple sort of nature to it in so far as it does elect moderate Democrats from time to time, not in recent years, but yeah, it does kind of go while. both ways uh, occasionally. But yeah. voting against the Equality Act is a pretty, <laughs> yeah, it's literally a pretty, mere months ago, I think is a pretty. Uh, everyone deserves vote. rights, but I'm not going to vote for the Equality right. Act. Go for right. yourself. I also think it's just like <laughs> I, maybe I mean, you guys know better than I do, but maybe it's, she thinks it's in vogue to, to to to, you know, to align herself with. Uh, the you know a more progressive stance even though it is wyoming but i mean look on one hand i think it's it is obviously quite hypocritical when you're voting when you have the power to vote against the equality act and you do so that's you know that fucking blows yeah um especially when your sister's gay um but if i were naive and i didn't really understand the context i would say that i applaud the idea of her admitting that she was wrong in her thinking and at the you know at the very least like you know, it sucks that this is like very likely an, a political move, but um, if it weren't, I would applaud the idea that she was, you know, she changed yeah. her mind. She evolved. But it's and also she very Trumpian. That. It's very Trumpian in how she, I mean, it does, it's like what we say often with AOC or with Bernie Sanders, like a lot of how they do things is very in line with the PR way of Trump in that if you just say something, then it becomes part of like, your social or public persona and that's and people only know the headlines whereas like half the people who heard her say that on 60 minutes aren't going to go in and look that she voted against the equality yeah, yeah, yeah. or like all of her voting record they're just going to believe that and that's exactly right. what trump does too he just says shit and does the opposite thing like what happened with a lot of trans issues during his administration he quietly pushed that through the courts without making a big deal about it he wasn't out there saying he hated trans people he was just right. pushing pushing people through the courts that are going to adversely impact the trans community. And so right, like, right. it's just, it's, it just screams to me like all Trump politics and she's doing the exact same thing that she says she hates of him. Well, yeah. Alan just, Alan just dropped a little nugget, a little peek behind the curtain that, uh, that the guys and I like to rag on AOC when we aren't recording. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've talked about that before on the podcast. I, I think, I think we've, we've brought up fleetingly, um, <laughs> once once well no i mean i think it's i think i know i know we've talked about how aoc i support her politics oftentimes i agree with her politically but the way she politics is sometimes in line to me with how some conservative republicans like trump also do politics and bernie sanders too they do it in a way that is a lot of yelling and screaming without a lot of substance to back it up and sometimes it's just to get people very angry you know what i mean and i don't like that i don't want to be angry all the time bitch exactly it's (laughs) it's about what is what is how how can i get the most attention today how can i rue the day on social media and how can i how can i phrase this such that the most maximum number of people get the angriest about it i couldn't agree more yeah Yeah, i don't i don't i don't i guess alan i agree (laughs) <laughs> I don't I don't hate AOC, but I agree with you guys. Yeah, I don't um, hate AOC either. 
Oh, I hate he, her. Ha- he hates her. <laughs> yeah, I hate her. <laughs> not even joking. All right, Alan, try not to make this boring. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the second time we're doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we talked about briefly last week that I have a new Audible show called The Murder of Robert Wan. We've talked That's about right. it on the podcast before, and um, we thought that this week we would go guest-free and just talk about this Audible show, True Crime, our yeah. interest in True Crime, Brent and I's interest more so in True Crime, and Elliot's, yeah. um, Elliot he puts up with scared. us. Gets, remember, when I, scared. <laughs> remember when I somehow, I for, somehow mistakenly combined this case and then yes. also the Jean Benet case yeah. or something, yeah. And, yeah. and I looped these two things together in a way that made no sense, but it involved like pineapple and semen. It was <laughs> the <laughs> most wild comparison i think i've ever heard so speaking of that let's play the trailer for the murder of robert one on audible available everywhere a close friendship between two men joe was gay and robert was straight an unconventional relationship a family of three they were living in a quite open polyamorous relationship one fateful night There were whispers, of course, saying, what is a straight man doing in this house with three gay men? A night that ends in murder. We had someone that was in our house, evidently, and they stabbed somebody. They said that an intruder came into their house and killed him. I know it may sound fucking crazy, but it is crazy. You have three men who appear to have just showered, standing around their living room in robes, and that's when we all knew something was very strange about this case. Wrist ankle restraints, assorted clamps and clips, penis vices. This was a very salacious case that had drugs, sex, BDSM, everything in it. They were lying. They were lying that they had their story together. They suspected from the very beginning that these guys were hiding information, that they had a script For Washington, this was a trial that the city was absolutely obsessed with. It's a tragedy. The whole thing is, everybody loses. This is The Murder of Robert Wong, only on Audible. Uh, So that's the case. Real quick. Real quick, so I, by the way, just so you know, I can't wait and will be listening. I haven't listened to it. You haven't listened yet? (laughs) I, I know. I know you're not offended, but, um... Uh, but also, I think Elliot has at least started it. Yes. So maybe I yeah. can ask you questions or something as nothing, we're going along. Please, yes. Nothing has like like made me happier than Elliot driving back from wherever he was, <laughs> yeah. messaging me the most insane thing about a milking machine. And yeah, like, right, all, right. All of this shit. Right. So, because well, uh, my boyfriend were driving back from a week a, a weekend trip. And he suggested listening to the podcast. And I was like, oh, this is a great opportunity to do that. And it is, I mean, (laughs) it's so funny (laughs) to hear my friend so, so serious. Yeah. And so a little bit slower than you do in real life. Yeah. Obviously Mm -hmm. on purpose, as one would. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But so serious. And obviously it's, it's, it's really good. It's really, um, it's not as graphic as I thought it would be yeah. you know I was nervous that it would be like a little too graphic for me but it's not but when you do explain and it's not a spoiler but when you do explain at some point like sex toys uh-huh. uh and you do it in such a serious way it is hilarious to <laughs> do me. you know how hard it was <laughs> to find the right voice oh because yeah. like right. I'm so used to stand up and 
podcasting and stuff that like conversational I know how to I know how to communicate in a funny way and that's just sort of like how I how we work you know yeah and to find it because they didn't want a narrator and they didn't want a casual voice either it had to be that like dance of yeah. the middle have they, you're... have they heard my voice <laughs> have they well, also have they heard my voice what i think is fun is that you you in, imbue yourself into the show a little bit like it doesn't fully take over but obviously we want to hear you know you have person enough personality in your voice i think that mm-hmm. you want to hear when you as a person have a viewpoint about certain things, including yeah. again, no spoilers, but uh, uh, the detective, a detective questioning gay suspects mm-hmm. in a way that to me is 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 very clearly tinged with homophobia. Yeah. And when yeah. you step in to point out that that's not outrageous to think, mm-hmm. um, but like why, you know, the balance you know, of it. Is yeah, a, a great, that's a great point. And, um, I just say that's a great point whenever I cut you off. Uh, Good point, good point, good point, yeah. No, 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 I, I do agree, I'm, I'm teasing. Uh, Alan, how, like, when you sell people on, on this is one of your favorite murders, right? Yeah. This is this is what you find, so obviously you made a fantastic uh, podcast and series about it. Mm-hmm. So when you sell people on it, what do you tell them? How do you, like, grab them within, like, 30 seconds? To me, I'm always, like, a straight dude goes into the house with a couple, a polyamorous queer couple, and he winds up dead with his own <laughs> semen on him. And there's little to no blood. Wait, it's not yeah, a couple. Right. It's a thruple. It's a thruple. Yeah, it's a poly. It's a well, kind of. It's not Technically, a, it's, it's not a thruple in the traditional sense, because one participant in the relationship was not intimate with another person in the relationship. So it's more right. so a polyamorous committed relationship amongst three people where two people have an established relationship and then one of the people in that mix has another established relationship with another person in the house so it's a it's a it's a unique dynamic for 2016 washington dc you know fluent (sighs) queer washington dc and or 20 20, 2006 excuse me and and it it's it blows what fascinates me about this case is that it has like everything that from a creative standpoint is very interesting in terms of like the story like it's a wild yeah. story that you would yeah. never even yeah ellie has about. an erection yeah go ahead <laughs> <laughs> no it's it's that it's you know it involves dc politics and it involves parts of early obama administration p- players involved in it and Ooh. it involves like you know queer dc and 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 the sort of asian american specifically chinese american experience and how and the straight gay relations at that time and like George W. Bush politics against gay marriage. Yeah. And like there's all kinds of factors mm. involved in sort of like what makes this case so interesting. And so for anyone listening who like doesn't know anything about the case and hasn't listened to us talk about it before, it basically is about uh, a man, Robert Wan, who had a college friend that he went to stay with one night in DC. The friend is the one who has a polyamorous relationship, Joseph Price. And at 12.30 PM or AM, there's a phone call to police where he's reported to be stabbed to death and paramedics come and he's been murdered, but there's little to no blood at the crime scene. And the three men are all look freshly washed in bathrobes. And 
there's a lot of unexplained things that happened. And yeah. the, the person, the, 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 the men have never been charged with murder and no one has ever been charged with They've murder. They've never been charged. He's never been charged with murder. They've only- They spoke to the police once. Yeah, they spoke to the police once and then they lawyered up immediately. Bunch of white guys, right? And yeah, three white guys. And they, they did oh. go to trial, but on charges of obstruction of justice and tampering with evidence, never murder. So no one's wow. ever been charged with murder in this case. And so they, they I, I won't say what happened, but like, it's kind of wild. Well, I won't either because I still haven't finished it. But what if your podcast reopens the case and they get arrested because of you, oh, but God. then they escape jail and they're like, we're going to find you, H. Allen Scott. Do you, do you ever think about that? <laughs> no, about that? I don't think about that. I do think about. I mean, I, I I try very hard to like not have my opinion be a part of yeah. sort of the show. But I also really wanted to tell the story from a queer perspective because it had only been told from a straight perspective before. And there's oh, a it's... lot of there's a lot of queer tropes in this that like and sensitivities that like their sex lives were used against them in a lot of ways, when in a lot of ways it had nothing to do with necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. And it was this sort of weird dance of sort of the gay rights movement at that time in, in putting itself into the death of a, a good man who should not have been murdered and well, someone yeah. should be held accountable for his murder. My, my favorite moment is um, when the like the main detective, I forget his last name, but the, mm -hmm. the, the main detective is like, <laughs> He's talking, he's recounting the case and he's like asking them about, he, he's, he literally says something along the lines of, well, you know, I don't disagree with alternative lifestyles and whatever you choose. And right. he's gone from there. <laughs> and Jake, uh, Jake and I look at each other in the car and we're like, choose. Like also yeah. alternative lifestyle sounds so archaic to both to me. But and in 2006, him, but it's not. Uh, exactly. It's not. Yeah. But this audio is from recently. Yeah. And, and the interviews you did were fairly recent. Yeah. And yeah. it, that part, I was like, oh, my God. And then that and then right after that, you your voice piped in being like, I know what you're thinking. And yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And it's and because it's, I was it shows you the. I think a lot of times, especially now in the world, both entertainment and like in our lives we live in, we can create very sort of queer worlds where like the things we accept to be just like normal. or We can't even imagine that's still a problem for a lot of straight people. It is still right. an issue. It's still a problem. And we just. We, we're so liberated, quote unquote, that we don't have to worry about them calling us alternative lifestyles because we have mm -hmm. the freedoms to enjoy our own lives in our own way, in our own queer worlds. And I think it's sometimes important to remember that there is still a world in which people think this way and act this way and communicate this way. And yeah. it's it's I think it's partly us like me interviewing that man being like, well, maybe you shouldn't say that. Like, yeah, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe that's not the approach you should take. But that said, too. I do think it's warranted for law enforcement to question the motives of, you know, queer people in a murder case because we aren't, yes. you know, we we still can murder people like we still yes. can do horrible things. And just because they were gay, I don't think I do think that the police used homophobia against them and judged them, you know, adversely judged for them. sure. But at the same time. I also think it's important for police to be like, well, was this a sexual thing gone wrong? Right. What did your sex life was it a part of what happened here? Because that they should ask that question and they shouldn't be called homophobic to ask that question. But to use that against them, that's mm -hmm. homophobia. Like mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's a fine line. And it's like straight people, I think, are uncomfortable to walk that fine line. Whereas we are like, why are you calling us alternative? Like it's this it's a separation yeah. that I think this case really sort of personifies. Yeah.
in doing all of the research, uh, you don't have to give explicit answers an answer to this, but like, did, were you able, did you come up with conclusions where you think, oh, I think I know what happened now? I think, well, I think it comes down to what ultimately a very important person decides in this case and where they say, you know, these three men, and I'm not giving anything away by saying this, these three men know what happened to Robert. Right. They know, even if they did not do it, they know who did it. They know how it happened. They know the answer to his murder. And, and they, they aren't talking and they haven't talked ever since. And, and by them not talking, it is preventing the Juan family from getting justice for Robert Juan. And so in doing that, yeah, I, I, my opinion is that they know who did it. And I, I mean, yeah. You know, this, this comes up a lot in when you watch a lot of murder documentaries and live within the world, as I say, uh, which is, uh, you can get a, like if, if, if there's a room and a cop mm-hmm. walks into the room and there's a dead body in the floor, there's a gun and there's two people. Mm-hmm. And you know that one of those two people shot the dead person. Mm-hmm. But if you cannot definitively prove that one person shot them over the other, you can't, you can't mm-hmm. definitively say person A did it, not person B, and they both stay quiet, then you can't even go, you won't yeah. even necessarily go to trial and the beauty of of it uh, sorry i'll say real quick the beauty of that though is that you can when you're when you're uh interrogating people you can bring up the prisoner's dilemma and you can you can usually coax people into saying something Mm -hmm. or or get or uh you know showing their cards a little bit more but uh, anyway so this is like a a perfect example of that sorry to that point i think one of the most to me the two of the biggest point poignant things that i took from this was that there was some interview along the way. I forget who I think it was. There was these guys who did this website early on in the case, which is when I first learned about it in 2007 when I was in oh, that blog. Well, yeah, when I was in D.C. for a show and then all these gay people and friends of mine were like, have you heard about this case? The Who Murdered Robert Wan blog. And they started this blog, I think in 2008, actually um, dedicated to this case because it was. Early on, the men did receive a lot of support from the gay community in D.C. And then as soon as the information about the murder came out like two years mm-hmm. after the murder or three years after the murder, that's when the queer community turned against them and was like, whoa, like yeah. what? There's, yeah. there's some shady shit and we've been supporting you for the, and these were like, I mean, Joe Price was a huge deal in Washington, DC, especially gay politics, like fundraising and doing amazing things for democratic candidates and like really yeah, I being think Elliot out there. spent some time with him. Yeah, yeah. Elliot probably yeah. dated him. Um, yeah, I and, more, more than and I mean, these were big, these were go. big guys and like, what the one of the things they said was if this if 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 the three men were three sort of black men or were non-white and didn't live in dupont circle they would have been arrested immediately yeah. they would have mm-hmm. been held and they wouldn't have been afforded the waterboarded until yeah they would someone exactly and it's yeah. it just shows you the amount of privilege that can go into yeah. a case like this if you have the access and the money and it can get you off in a lot of ways the other thing that i like that really hit me. I mean, of course, you know, we, we watch this, we love true crime. We're really interested in true mm-hmm. crime, but like in doing this, what really sort of hit me. And it's something that like Laura Richards, who's like a, he's, she has a great podcast and she's sort of a, a investigator and, and um, a good friend of mine, Lenora Claire, they talk about a lot in that, in these true crime shows, it has to focus on telling the victim story. Like we get lost in the 
who could be yeah. the murderer, mm-hmm. but we lose a lot of times the victim in all of this. And like, I went into it. I didn't know a lot about Robert Wan. I didn't know a lot about sort of, I assumed I, uh, to be honest, I assumed he probably was just like a guy who may have been involved in sort of like a, a, a second life, a different kind of life. And yeah. it was just something that just went wrong. And that's what I assumed. And in, in, researching it I realized no he wasn't that he was he was happily married to his wife he was a good man like there was no evidence whatsoever that he was a willing participant in any of this at all yeah. and in yeah. 2006 there would be records of some sort of queer double life there'd be a registry right. there'd be a, a club there'd be a, a bar they go to there someone would come forward and no one has ever to this day come forward saying that they had any sexual relations with Robert one so like hmm. it from to me I was really kind of blown away by how he got lost in all of this by the sex toys and the 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 par- you know the polyamorous relationship of the three white guys and this man this good man just got lost in all of this and it's like and no one's ever been held accountable for his murder it's really like a travesty yeah. what happened and their yeah. their initial um explanation for it is so bad yeah <laughs> like even i so who doesn't bizarre. listen to shoot crime was like not did not that's why would you that's so stupid that they say that an intruder came from the outside and there was even a a one point which we didn't include i don't think we included in the final uh uh, series but like there was someone who brought up that a ninja came through there was did we bring that up i forget now um i don't think so but it's yeah there was like because they 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 were trying in all kinds of crazy ways to prove that someone broke into this house when there's no evidence that anyone came from outside this house to murder. But also the idea that somebody would jump over the fence, grab a knife on the way in, go in, stab somebody and then leave through the front. It's like, what are you talking about? Makes no sense. And, and, but they said that a ninja, there was a couple getting divorced, a very, very bad divorce next door. And that the couple, one of them people may have hired a ninja to break into the house. They went to the wrong house and killed the wrong Asian man. And it was like, oh my God what what in this world yeah it's yeah. kind of it's an insane case and i definitely recommend people go listen because it's it's not uh, where where not can they listen uh, alan audible go to audible yeah. you can only listen at audible Easy is that yeah what'd you say elliot not to um minimize robert Wan at all but is it worth pointing out the big giveaway the big um the big detail, the sexual detail that is the moment that everything changes. Uh, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to say it. Just as no, t- I think we've. I've talked about it before, and I don't think it okay. gives away too much. But there it's is so fascinating. There is a moment in which um, his semen, Robert's semen, is found in his anal cavity, and okay. it's and we're and getting, and I'll, we're getting you know, here. I'll bring that up. It actually. I mean, <laughs> you knew not, that, Brian. It's, it's not a huge. It's not a huge, huge plot twist because it is. It what it it shows you the impact of sort of like how narratives can get spun in lots and lots of different ways. And you yeah. can obsess on that issue of the case. And that a lot of people do. A lot of people obsessed on, oh, well, his semen was in him. So he must have yeah. done something sexual with this couple. Like they think that. And in talking to a lot of different sort of medical examiners and trying to understand the process of how that could be found, it's really pretty simple. If he had masturbated, and something happened to him, that semen could have just gone down into the anal cavity and not even gone inside of him. It was because they only do like a cotton swab. It's not like a right. deep, yeah. you know, there was yeah. no, there's no sign of sexual assault. There was none of that. So it's like he ejaculated somehow, but we don't know how or when. And it's, and I also, in talking to some of the people, I learned that you can ejaculate while under some sort of that medical was the part that was duress. Nuts. Like yes. you can be 
you can be you can be given a stimulant to or not stimulant. You can be given something to sort of be put down, but still get an erection and be you know jerked and, off. And basically, Elliot actually will do that frequently <laughs> on the weekends. But, but yeah. No, that was that part of it. With I mean, I can't. That made me light. That part sort of make me lightheaded. The the, but I it's fascinating to think it. about because it like is, is you really want to yeah. i mean we can joke and we can like we can focus on and and it is it's a it's a interest it's a fascinating part of the case but at the same time it's also like yeah that's what i mean i don't want to minimize it by being yeah like, this happened to yeah. him but like it's just it I, is wild it's a wild. part of it yeah it's it's definitely an yeah. interesting procreation interesting is very in inborn <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is a strong and, urge and you can do it even when you're being drugged and it and was very hard for me to say milking machine over and yeah when over you said, <laughs> and over <laughs> because i could not a milking machine is just inherently funny oh it is God. inherently say funny. it's so it's so clinical i love it well it was so you know what the voice i had to find with it i did sadie's voice ah that's the voice i did that's the voice they they found on because it was like, right it's, it's kind of it was the only voice I could come to that was like still gay and conversational but also yeah. like very prim and proper you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. 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 Well, it worked. Well, mm. Alan, it sounds really fantastic. And we're obviously very excited for you. Elliot, Elliot was very jealous and he's been talking about it a lot <laughs> behind well, he, back. he purchased a milking machine, right? He did. Oh, I did. God. I have texts from Jake about being like, which oh one do you think God. he would like? And I, <laughs> I, I, I went with the, wrote, one. Wrote back, with the pink one. No, you wrote back, get the big one. He wants get the, the big, big one. one. Get the big one. We know what he's working <laughs> oh, with. Oh, God. Kill me. So check out Alan's podcast. Alan, say the name of it one more time. It's the murder of Robert Wan at audible.com. And another thing. Okay, so Elliot this week sent me um, <laughs> an article uh, from intomore.com, which is- <laughs> we've, used, we've used intomore, they're great. In, intomore.com, just gonna get a little plug to a blog no one in the world reads except for Elliot. <laughs> but, uh, Into's great. Into no, is they, great, they no, do good they, reports. No, great. no, no, they're, they're yeah. fine. Um, so there was an article about why do gay guys choose female video characters? And it's sort of a, a long article. And I kind of summarized, I think, sort of some of the most interesting translations. Stop reading. Yeah. No, <laughs> excuse me. No, I read the whole thing. Uh, I mean, I skimmed most of it. Remember, remember that guy? Remember that guy who used to sell those the, that that course that taught you how oh to God, be yeah. read? Yeah, yeah. And he would he would just wave his hand over a page in a tenth of a second. <laughs> I, I still do that impression occasionally, and just to see who like picks up on it. Anyway, uh, um, uh, so the interesting take home: one quarter of all men. Uh, when they're playing like role-playing video games, play as women. Yeah. Uh, some say it's because, oh, this was, this was annoying. Uh, some of these men say they do it because they like looking at the women's butts in the game. <laughs> that's <laughs> weird. So ridiculous. I mean, no judgment if that gets you off, but that's weird. I mean, yeah, no judgment. But you're like, do you have to be like, oh, I'm just looking at her ass, dude. Yeah. It's, a, yeah, right. it's a video game, man. Like, what are you jerking off to a video game? <laughs> yes, they are. Um, yes, yeah, they maybe. are. <laughs> uh, under 10% of women play as men, uh, which I thought was interesting. Gay men were even more likely to play as women, obviously. And it, of course, it can be particularly freeing for trans players who get to play as who they want to be, the, mm. the gender that they that they That's want a great to part. sort of. That's a really yeah, great yeah. part of it. Yeah. Good, you know, good for them. Good did for you? Them. Did you? Do you guys play? If you play or played video games, 
did you choose female characters? You know, so, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I always, I mean, I always choose female characters. Always have my entire life. Ever since, even though I never was a big gaming kid, mm-hmm. I I remember like Mortal Kombat or like, you know, other games where you could choose sort of your player or whatever. And I would always go female, even to this day with like Bitmoji and shit. Like I will always choose the more feminine features and the more feminine things or even feminine clothes because like, it's just, it's just, it's what I, it's what I understand more. I think it's more fun. It's Uh, more fun. And yeah, you can have more fun with it. Yeah. Uh, For me, no, because I, I like looking at the male character spots. Um, (laughs) No, I I actually, uh, this, this was, this was why maybe why this article didn't totally connect with me. I'm not a huge gamer as my friends know, but uh, I also have no recollection of feeling strongly one way or the other. Obviously I did have a weird obsession with you take the default character. (laughs) No, I, I had a weird obsession with Luigi for some reason. I've I always like um, what, what uh, I guess what, second fiddles, and I felt like Luigi was Mario's oh, yeah. second fiddle, and so very I very much so. Always was had he sort Super of Mario Brothers? Was that Luigi? Yeah, yep. yeah. How do you feel about Chris Pratt playing? Um, is it he's playing Mario, right? Or no, he's, he's playing that, Mario. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's oh, playing Mario. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, does that turn could, you on? Do you like? Couldn't his care. Couldn't care less. <laughs> there is a picture of me being held by Chris Pratt that I will admit <laughs> I think. I think he, I'll post that on this week's episode. I think he, he would be a very good Mario because his holding his chest is, is nice. Wait, he's holding you to his bosom. Yeah. I interviewed him for something. I forget what movie now it was years ago. And I, I, I asked, will you hold me? And, <laughs> and he said, yes. And so mm, I really gave him funny. a side hug where I just sort of oh my God. gently put myself on him. And, well, and then I yeah. immediately went and masturbated. We'll have to be <laughs> on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about you, Elliot? I mean, you're you're not, you, not none of us I'm are like, really particularly big gamers. Well, Elliot's yeah, I mean, more of a gamer than I we have. Are. I'm a little bit more of a gamer. I have a Switch. I'm probably going to get a PlayStation. I what does that mean? Wii. What is a Switch? Yeah, I still don't. Uh, Nintendo Switch. It's like the it's the most new uh, and most recent platform from Nintendo. Mm. Uh, I had a Wii, then I got the Wii U, and now I have a. Switch. Did I give you my Wii Fit? Did, I, did you take my Wii Fit? I did not. Okay, I gave it to I someone. I had a wee fit, and then, like every other fitness thing I do, I, after like two weeks, I was like, "Ugh, I'm bored. Someone give me a snack." <laughs> yeah. You know, we we no, I... we were one of these things where, like, every time, I mean, they, they were big in like what 08 or something, and I yeah, would probably go over to someone's house that had them, and like within the span of thirty minutes, I would get bored, and, mm. and I just felt bad for someone who had it because you're like, "There's no way you enjoy this for longer oh, than like... thirty minutes." I liked, I like, I think I got one pretty early on. I, oh, yeah. I, I liked, I like it a lot, but, but I, um, I'm a Nintendo person, but I've always, uh, I've always, I, I like, I, I do a little bit of both, but as a kid, I definitely chose Storm all the time. The, yeah, uh, I chose the Storm Halle too. Berry's yeah. character in yeah. X-Men. I always played as Storm. Mm. I always played, I did like to play as Princess Peach because she could fly. Uh, Princess more than, Peach, what is yeah. that? In Nintendo, she's Mario's, uh, you know woman or what i don't know the, okay the, the damsel oh how dare you <laughs> yeah <laughs> they've yeah. tried to they've tried to like make it a little less um uh, i wonder who's gonna play her archaic. in the movie right right i don't yeah. know but but uh she, i always Della like Della Reese says princess Peach. <laughs> they're gonna um, cgi I, bring her back like they did with princess Leia. <laughs> yeah. did she did she pass i don't Della no, Reese is long dead i'm long dead but she's touched by an angel <laughs> but I do like playing as female characters sometimes for sure. I think it, but I was definitely embarrassed of doing it as a kid, but I you did it 
anyway. Yeah, I hmm. felt like, oh, I shouldn't do like I shouldn't do that in an arcade game because they'll oh, because it's gay. public and people see that's the difference. That's what I was sure. gonna say. I I never really was like a gamer with friends or anything, didn't really play with friends, none of that. But I will say I be I got more into games when the iPhone came around. You could play on like your iPhone. Oh, and yeah, it was like that's super fun. And I think the privacy of playing, especially for queer people or trans people specifically who want to play more feminine games or want to be more feminine in games or you know who uh, or or even masculine if if you go the other way like it's like you can find a private game on your phone and play in the privacy yeah. of your phone without having it to be in like an arcade setting or an right. after school group thing where you go over yeah. and you play someone's nintendo and you have to embarrassingly choose a character that might be embarrassing for you publicly I, right. I get into video games very, very rarely, and I haven't had a game that I've even wanted to play in the last year, but I've been waiting for this one game to come out. What? Uh, Hitman Sniper The Shadows. It's like a really popular game, that, and it's like the most realistic sniper game I've ever played well, on my phone. You just and the fact murder people. <laughs> Everyone plays sniper games, but it's so realistic, and it's so fun, and they mm. finally have a website. There had been rumors it was there was a, a sequel coming out for years, mm. and finally there's a website that says it's coming out this year. And I'm like, <laughs> I besides had, myself. I had a game <laughs> like that that excited me for a while. It was like a, I forget the name of it now, but it was like a American history, like you fight in the Revolutionary War or something. Oh yeah, sure. and it, that really excited me. I was that like, that's fun. It sounded like a lot of fun. I also love zombie games. I love anywhere where I can just like smash a zombie. Like that yeah. is fun to me. Let me, let, me guess. Oh, you, I, let me guess, you played Benedict Arnold because you're a traitor. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Elliot, sorry. All I care about, like truly, all, I could spend all day playing anything Kirby. I just, all I care about what is Kirby. Kirby. What is that? Just Kirby. Um, Brent has been yawning nonstop throughout all of your- <laughs> I'm tired today, <laughs> I'm tired today. <laughs> At least make an effort to not yawn directly into the mic. <laughs> Wait, what is Kirby? You know Kirby, the little pink, little pink uh, circle guy from. It's like the old Nintendo character. I have no idea. Can... I have no visual image of Kirby in my Kirby's brain. Kirby's like a little all. pink ball who can yeah, inhale and eat lots it. of things and then like See, become I, that. That's when video games got boring to me when they became so bland and like. Uh, remember Mario Kart? Mario Kart. Mario Kart's the best. What's wrong with Mario Kart? Oh, no. so you thought boring. you were gonna get hate for AOC. You're gonna get hate for Mario Kart. Well, bring it on. <laughs> who did you bring play? Who on. would you like to play in Mario Kart? What character? I never once played because I I oh, found it oh. so dull. That's like that was like the end of high school. I yeah. would go over to a friend's house and they would play, and I just I remember not even looking at the screen because it was so mm. boring. Well, see, that's funny because I would not gonna I wouldn't play anything that felt ultra violent to me. Yeah, I was going to say Mario Kart doesn't have sniper rifles. No, but I was afraid of anything, quote unquote, bad and Mortal Kombat because then like the news was basically just decrying it as like the end of civilization for children. Because I was like, fighting? I can't. <laughs> yes. Wow. I was like, I can't really? engage. It's for bad kids. Oh, <laughs> it's wow. for delinquents. <laughs> You're, you a delinquent. You're a delinquent. You're a delinquent. What would your aunt say? Uh, Brent, what would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard today? I listened to the murder of Robert Wan. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> oh, aunt, thank you. <laughs> yeah. My aunt Joanne would say, does the milking machine do skim? <laughs> <laughs> I only do skim or almond. That's a good one. 
Ooh. How about Anne Anne? I wish I had a Robert Wan one, but my Aunt Anne would say, yeah, me too. the only game I've ever been interested in is the Paula Deen cooking one. <laughs> mm. Is that real? I think I saw it somewhere. <laughs> there was some Paula Deen thing in a game once. I forget. Yeah. That's cool. Remember her? I do remember her. I, I, I actually always thought that Oprah would give her a comeback, but it's never happened. And it's probably for the best. Yeah, probably for the probably best. For the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because of because of what was her downfall. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I she had said so. like N-word a bunch, didn't she? Yeah. I don't yeah. even remember. Yeah. 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 She said that's how it yeah. goes in the South. So. But my Aunt Anne okay. probably loved her. <laughs> so, yes, sadly so. Just All right. Well, great ending, everyone. <laughs> that is Elliot Glazer. <laughs> I am Brent Sullivan. Good night. What about me? <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> oh, great. Elliot's going to beat me. No, I'm just kidding. That's H. Allen Scott. Fuck you. Every oh every God. time we say a bit. Oh, see, listen, listen to this guy. He, even when we tease him and then we curse in the ending, just, Elliot's well, like, he, he's in a hurry to use his you. milking machine. He has to get Ew. off his pink milking machine. Jake is waiting for him. I, I just, I'll never forget when Elliot was like, when we first started this podcast, um, which was, you know, has been nothing but a delight, but I'll never forget Elliot's like, I really think this can be like the Howard Stern for like gay, for like gay podcasts. Cut again, cut to two years later. He's like, um, can we please not talk about how I'm sexual? And can you, can you not say hell and damn? Just say H-E double hockey sticks or whatever. You're like, Jesus. Prim and proper glazer. True. That's his drag name. Prim and proper glazer. Uh, it, it's like it's like he's living out of a Laura Ingalls Wilder novel. I always say that. <laughs> I'm, cl- I'm I'm closing out on the Little House on the Prairie music this week. There we go. Oh, I actually love that theme song. I did too. I actually. loved it. I, I loved too. it.